0: Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith, joined by Derek Terry. Derek, how are you? Doing well, Sean. How are you? Doing well. And uh, we now have a, both have microphones, so that, that is good. Good news. Finally got this bad boy, and uh, we're rolling right here with a, with a pretty exciting episode to start the week, Derek. We're going to go game by game, give our season predictions, win-loss, for Kentucky football, and I'm going to have a hard time with this because in my mind I've got on one way, but in my heart I'm going a different way. So I'll explain that when we get to it, but there, there are a couple of things that we want to talk about before we get started. Obviously, the the situation that kind of surfaced last week with six players being charged with first-degree burglary, and including uh, Vito Tisdale having a wanton endangerment charge from – An incident that occurred in March 2021, and I remember you and I sitting here on this podcast recording something post-game SEC tournament, and someone DM me, telling me about this. And I asked you, I was like, is this, and we had no idea what anyone was even talking about. And then like four or five, six months later, I look back and I'm like, wow, somebody literally was trying to tell me about this, that that happened. Mark Stoops has talked about it. Those players are being withheld. Uh, from practice right now until I guess they have all the details, just to make sure, Derek, that there's nothing else that they didn't miss. That when the UK, uh, what, what is it? The, how, who was it approved? Approved that. I know Stoops talked one, or he sent a statement out on Thursday. What was it that first statement said?
1: Uh, the first statement was just that they had known about it and players had been withheld in March and then they were cleared by the uh, Student Activities Board. I believe it, it was, and uh, when they were, they were um, cleared there. And I mean, I don't think that was a simple process. From my understanding, I know in previous incidents, um, it can be difficult to, sometimes in some cases, uh, more difficult than than actual law enforcement. But this, uh, yeah, I would say an update Saturday out there at uh, after the scrimmage, you know. Stoops is basically saying that they have to reevaluate now that, you know, that, that obviously the legal process is different than uh, a school board meeting and, and proving those guys. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't – obviously, we'll see what comes of it. Um, it, more than anything, Sean, I would say probably is reinforced that it's been a pretty bad offseason, I would say, overall for Kentucky football. Quite a few black guys in the headlines. I mean, he had two coaches get her, uh, well, two staff members. Uh, One coach, obviously Bo Knight, got arrested on a DUI. He had his charge dismissed. And then Dan Brezel, the chief of staff. He was arrested on fourth degree assault. He also had his charge dismissed. So I don't know, legally, if anything's going to come with those. Obviously, you would would think probably not at this point. But um, Brezel is still suspended from the university. He's not back to work. Bo Knight is back. But just being truthful, anyone who's been around there, like, you're out you were out there when I was Sean like he doesn't do a whole lot of coaching anymore so I don't really know what his role is at this point um but then you have the six players like even if even if these charges all also ultimately get dismissed for a lot of these guys in the moment it's still a pretty bad headline this close to the season to have six players get arrested
0: yeah it's it's not good and I know on Tuesday's practice a couple of those guys were were not out there practicing but then three or four of them were, if I remember correctly, of those six well, I
1: think, uh I think just McClain was the only one who didn't practice. And so
0: yeah.
1: I think it was just an injury for him. Yeah. So
0: I know that Vito and the and the others, I know that I saw them uh out there as well. But we we will continue to update that situation, Derek. You know Uh, That's something right here less than two weeks before kickoff that Mark Stoops is having to kind of gather some more information and make a decision. And I'm, I'm certain that they'll make the best decision possible when everything comes out.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm sure most of it's going to be based on, you know, what the charges are, things like that. I mean, I would, you know, with Tisdale, especially you would think if he gets convicted on that, he, he's not going to be around obviously. Um, But you know, it's probably don't need to comment too much on it until there's there's more that comes out. But just overall, it it is a negative thing. I mean, I don't think in the past. I mean, yes, they've they've had issues. I mean, I don't think there's any college football program that hasn't. They've typically dealt pretty swiftly Um, in the past. I'm thinking about you know Marcus Walker, his incident. You know, Jason Asher had a few strikes, but it was never anything. Just you know, see you know he things here and there until he finally got arrested, I guess, that he got in trouble. But um yeah, I mean I think they'll not that they'll do its best. And I, I mean I think they if you listen to what Matt Jones had to say, he seemed to know much more than I did about it. There yeah. there was some thought that he was that none of these guys were gonna get charged and then eventually they they decided to to do so. So I mean it is interesting though I will say that whatever the the activities board or whatever Whatever evidence they had, I guess it suggests that there was nothing that should keep them out. But then, obviously, so I, so I, I think it does make you kind of wonder what other evidence there might be on the legal side for there to be charges.
0: And, and the fraternity was – they, were they suspended too or something like that?
1: Yeah, I think they got in some trouble as well. I didn't – I saw that story. I didn't read it. Um, yeah, I mean, they – little- I think it was based on not supposed to, I guess, makes sense. You probably weren't supposed to be having parties during you know, COVID and things like that. Not that I'm sure anybody followed that. but.
0: <laughs> yeah. uh, Will? Yeah. It's it's one of those things that that was the initial process, but now that it's led to charges, you want to wait and see exactly what comes out before there's yeah. a decision made. And, and that's, why Sto- that's why Stoops is withholding them from practice, and they'll undergo this process. Then once that's cleared, Derek, they'll make the decision that's best, whether or not those guys yeah, who continue to play or not.
1: I don't know if you mentioned it but like they had their arraignment on um Friday I think. Okay. And uh, they they all six of them pled not guilty. So that's kind of the latest for now.
0: Okay. Well, we'll continue to update that as more comes out and develops with that story, but we're going to go ahead and transition into the season, Derek, and we're we're right here less than 2 weeks. I mean, it's it's crazy that starting that this time next week, it'll be game week prep. For us on this podcast, we're going to be oh, yeah. talking a lot of Kentucky, Louisiana Monroe. I'm. Let's do it this way. Do you have? Do you see any way Louisiana Monroe, UT Chattanooga, or New Mexico State beats Kentucky? Let's just or you just want to go ahead and call those wins.
1: Yeah, those are W's.
0: All right, so we're going to go ahead and give Kentucky three wins, and then we're going to move through the rest of the schedule and pick it game by game. All eight SEC games. And, of course, the annual battle with Louisville that will now take place at Louisville this year. So it would have been at Kroger Field this season if the game had not been uh, – if the game had been able to be played last year, but they reconstructed that deal and everything to play it uh, at Louisville this year and then back at Kroger Field next year. So let's go ahead and jump start the biggest game to me, Derek. The biggest game of the season. I know some people are going to look at LSU. Some people going to look at Florida. It, it's Missouri in week two. Because that, just, to me, just kickstarts both of these teams. One of these teams is getting off to a really good start, and one of them's going to be sitting here thinking, wow, we had hopes and dreams of competing for the SEC East, and now we're behind the eight ball. We've not even played Georgia. We've not played Florida and all these other teams. So you, you tell me, what do you, what do you think about this matchup in week two that now is it's less than three weeks away until that one's played?
1: Yeah, it's hard to believe. Uh, it's, I mean, it's like big-time football <laughs> coming now that we think about it. Um, you no, know, I like Kentucky in this game. I uh, I think you've heard kind of the internal talk over there. I think that, that game last year really bothered Kentucky's staff in particular, and I'm sure the players as well um, who are coming back. Uh, I, I think that Missouri will have a good season, um, and I think this will probably be a pretty tight game, uh, but I do ultimately at home – should be a great crowd. I, I think Kentucky, top to bottom, is still better than Missouri, and I think that that kind of experience that Kentucky's going to have, and just having that home crowd advantage, um, I, I, I do. I I actually feel pretty confident yeah. that Kentucky will win that game. Well, you mentioned I might both. end up being wrong, but I, I I do. I feel like they're gonna. I think they're going to win that one.
0: Well, you mentioned all the th- same factors that I was going to put into it. Uh, obviously, the revenge factor and then how they played so poorly a year ago. And one thing I'll add, too, is, yeah, we're there's going to be a game at Kroger Field the week before, Derek, but when we're talking about crowds and excitement and energy, there's going to be something different about that Missouri Week 2 matchup that Kroger Field's not seen in two years. Uh, if you remember, too, like the close of that 2019 season – the stadium wasn't full of those games because it rained the entire time. So, we've not seen a really good atmosphere at Kroger Field. I think that that game's going to be a really good atmosphere, and I think that's going to push Kentucky over the top and get them to 2-0. Well,
1: there's, no, there's no doubt I, I cursed them in 2019 for wishing for <laughs> rain. I mean, they gave me more than I wanted. Uh, but, Sean, a question I have about – I know we're not going to talk about this game in depth. This losing them in a row game. Can, can we, like, get some relief with this heat in central Kentucky? I mean, this has been – brutal heat it feels like for late August I'm hoping for the fans sake the people who are going to go to that game I hope for their sake it is not 90 degrees at noon on September the 4th because that will be a miserable uh, experience but after last year I think it's people take it I just would be happy for fans if it's like a 73 degrees and sunk day.
0: I mean, how many players dropping with cramps that day off the, the turf? Uh, and the a lot. And it's 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 coming. I hate that that gets put at noon. Like,
1: Well, that's something to take into account, too, Saturday scrimmage. They started the scrimmage at noon because Stoops is trying to true. simulate that to. first game as much as possible. So they started the scrimmage a little bit later than what they had been.
0: Yeah, and that second one is at 7.30. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second game against Missouri, and then the the other one. I know it's not even. Is it? It's the alternate channel. The UT Chattanooga game. If I'm not mistaken, right? Is it the alternate channel or the
1: stream? I thought one was on stream.
0: It might be. I'll, I'll double check that in a moment. So we're giving them a win in that one too. So that puts them at three and zero. ESPN Plus. Yeah. Okay. That's ESPN time. Plus. So then that puts them at three and zero, Derek. Mm-hmm. Hey, if they get there, they've done everything to put themselves in position to have another breakthrough year and do some things and take some more steps for the program. But then they have a crucial week four matchup in Columbia, another place. I know that they came back and they beat South Carolina a year ago, but their last performance at South Carolina was probably one of the most rip your eyes out Kentucky football games that you've watched because they couldn't do anything throwing the ball because Sawyer Smith was injured. That was a week after two, two weeks after Terry Wilson went down with an injury. Uh, so, Kentucky – or three – yeah, three weeks, sorry, because I forgot about the Florida and then Mississippi State. But that was a an awful game. So, you know Kentucky wants to get out to a hot start. You have a chance to go to 2-0 and in league play if you take care of Missouri. Does Kentucky get it done on the road, or is this one of those games where you look at a hot start? Is it a trap game, given what Kentucky has the following four weeks?
1: um I don't think it will be a trap game. um. South Carolina's dealing with some some pretty brutal injuries um, in terms of, you know, their quarterback is out. Um, and I'm trying to think of his potential timeline. I'm thinking it might put him around his first game being back around this this time for Kentucky, maybe, maybe slightly earlier. Um, but, yeah, Luke Doty, he had some kind of foot injury, got stepped on, I think, at practice, and he's been out. I don't really think they're going to be that good anyway. And then if you take their starting quarterback out of the equation, who, who was a pretty highly rated recruit himself, he, he's a guy who played against Kentucky last year. I'm not sure that that offense was great for him. And I, I don't even know how much to take away from that game last season, just because Muschamp was fired. Um, their whole team on defense it was either injured or had opted out versus the, the guys who had started that season. So you were not really seeing South Carolina at full strength at that point in the year. I mean, Kentucky hammered them, um, And I think this year there are things to like about the South Carolina team. I think they got a really good group of running backs. Um, Their front seven, defensive line in particular, I think has a chance to be pretty strong if those guys uh, get better. But their wide receiver group and their DBs, they might be the worst in the SEC. So I I do like Kentucky in this game. Wouldn't be surprised. You mentioned what they have coming up. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a slow start for Kentucky in this game. I think that crowd's going to be jacked up down there. It's a really cool place to watch a game. Um, I could almost see this game going not quite the same, but you remember in 2017, Kentucky started the game with a few turnovers, got behind early, but then kind of somewhat cruised through the rest. So I could kind of see it being that way, that you might be a little nervous when this game gets started if you're a UK fan, but by the end of it, Kentucky's in a comfortable spot by the fourth quarter.
0: First first true road environment. That's the first yeah. real road test. I mean, like I said, empty stadiums a year ago. None of those stadiums were like they were in normal years. This one will be. And uh, another game, too, where in September, heat's going to play a factor, depending on what time that game is scheduled and stuff. But uh, it's usually a night game down there. Well, it was hot game. down there a
1: few years ago, and it was a it night was. game.
0: It was, so that'll, that'll be interesting to follow. So we've got Kentucky starting 4-0, and Derek, and we're breaking the schedule down in thirds. If they start the first third of this season 4-0, and they've really positioned themselves to have a fantastic year as long as they don't go 0-4 in the next four. If they go 0-4, they can still have a good year. But it's, I think it's going to fall – then it comes down to you can't have a slip-up in that final third and then I don't know how fans—it's it, it, one of those things of how do fans view it. The great start, awful middle, strong finish. Uh, I think a lot of Kentucky fans, Derek, have their sights set on greater than eight and four. I think nine and three mm-hmm. fans would love it. So let's get into this middle third here, Florida at Kroger Field. If Kentucky's four and zero, my goodness, that place is going to be absolutely insane. I'm going Kentucky. In this one, this is the reason I put Kentucky second in the East preseason. And I've noticed quite a few other people have been doing the same thing. Cole Kubrick, uh put that together. I talked to Ron Leaf of ESPN over the weekend about his predictions. He's actually going to come on the show next week and talk about those. So that's a good teaser for everyone listening to Kentucky Day. That's the first time I've even told that to you. I hadn't even sent that message to you, so you're just now learning that as well. But – Uh, I've got Kentucky second in the East because of this matchup, Derek. I don't know which way you're going, but the way this series has been played in normal years, it's been so competitive, even though Kentucky's only won one of those, they've had a chance to win a lot of them. Yeah, I think this is
1: the hardest game for me to pick on the whole schedule. Um, Just because I'm not sure in my mind, I think the regression for Florida might be a little stronger than what the polls suggest. I mean, they're still preseason ranked 13th um which is pretty high for honestly for a team that lost as much as they did because you think about Florida it seems like from what I've read from their beat writers down there obviously last year with Kyle Trask and Kyle Pitts and Kadarius Tony and Grimes and all those great receivers that they had I mean that was they were just dropping back and slinging that thing a ton and this year with Emory Jones back there he still has a very good arm but it, it they are very good at running back, and he's – and Jones himself's a strong runner. It seems like you're going to see a much different offensive style this year, a lot more uh, run-heavy uh, system, I guess you could say. So, I feel like the way I predict this game today could be much different by October 1st or whenever we do our prediction for that week. Yeah. But in the preseason – um. I've just seen Kentucky too many times <laughs> play Florida when they should have won and just haven't done it. And uh, I'm gonna pick a loss here for UK. But again, I think this is a game that I could see, I could see us getting to October second. And the thought of what Florida is being much different. So, yes. but in the preseason though, I'm, I'm gonna say that it's a great atmosphere. It's a good game. Uh, I'm worried for fans that they might go home heartbroken once again with the Florida game because it seems to be the case a lot of times when these two teams play.
0: Yeah, so you've got them. You're you're going to pick a loss, but you're not ruling out a win. And I've got them winning, so I've got them five and zero. Oh, you've got them four and one. Regardless of what scenario plays out, that's a really good start. Four and yeah. one or five and zero. Oh, Kentucky's in good position. Moving on, another massive matchup. The next week, first time LSU has traveled to Lexington since Kentucky beat them in 2007 when they were ranked number one. It's hard to believe that a team in league play in a conference can go 14 years without traveling to a stadium and playing. That's that's insane to me. <laughs> it is. Can, yeah. Considering Kentucky's been down there, what, two or three times in that time frame? Three times, I believe, right? They two uh, went
1: 2011, 2014. And that's it. I think that's it, yeah.
0: Okay, so that, that's still crazy to me that that can happen. And probably with this new conference alignment and everything, it's it, that's probably going to go away, in my opinion, pretty soon. Uh, but I'm going different on this one, Derek. So I've got on beating Florida. I, I just don't see with this schedule and the grind. I just don't see them winning back to back. And I think, and, it, and I'll even flip it if they lose to Florida, I will pick on. I'd pick them to beat LSU. I think they're going to get one of these, but I'm going to say the one in the division means so much more. So this is the one I think that they let get away.
1: Yeah, LSU is interesting. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick a loss here too for UK, but I think um, I could see them being a pretty strong bounce back team this year. I, I, you know, they they had Miles Brennan get injured, so he's out for the season, but they they just have so much talent, man. Like I, I think they were a hard team to judge last year because they had so many opt outs, uh, and then they lost. I mean, just an absolute ton off that national championship team do I think Ed Orgeron's a great coach like no I mean he's yeah he won a title and you give him credit for that but like they that was an all-world I mean you got two guys in the Bengals who were top five picks you know on the same team (laughs) in the NFL that was you know a big part of that team so if they would have had guys like Jamar Chase play last year and and things like that and no one else opted out I think he probably would have seen them be a pretty good team again last year, not a national title contending team, but still a pretty good team. I I don't really have a rationale, I guess, behind saying this, Sean, but I could almost I, – I think this might be a tough game for UK. I, matter of fact, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they lose this game by double digits. And I don't really know why I would say that right now. I just have that feeling that maybe LSU might start to be putting it together around that time of the year and – um I mean, I could see them being a pretty good team, man. I, I don't know how you feel about LSU, but I, I just with the way they recruit, it's just hard for me to imagine them not having a pretty strong season.
0: I'm so, I'm so, I guess I'm so confused on really what to expect. I, you expect LSU to to bounce back and have a great year. I mean, see yeah. Mike, we had him on this show, pick them to win the West. Uh, then you see a lot of people have them middle of the pack in the West. I, I don't, I think they're one of the teams that's it's really difficult right now to judge how they are i think some people have the same thoughts about kentucky right that you really don't know what you're going to get
1: yeah it's hard to know until you see but i I mean i I just especially if they lose that florida game i mean the week before uh, and if it's a a, uh, an emotional type loss i mean you got to bounce back quick that next week against a good team and i uh, i don't know that's how i feel about that game but i could end up being wrong so that's- I feel better about them beating Florida than I do LSU. Just I don't really know why. I don't know that the talent is is significantly different. I just know Kentucky has has typically played pretty well for for only having one win in the Stoops era to show against Florida. Uh, for whatever reason, I feel like you know at Kroger Field they're going to play those guys pretty tough. So.
0: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And if you're a Kentucky fan and you're talking about which one would you rather your your team win, you should pick Florida 100 times out of 100 because it's the division game. If if they're going to win the division, Derek, or compete for that second spot, you got to do it by beating Florida. You can't – I mean, oh, yeah. sure, you can lose to Florida, then go beat LSU, and you can still have a really good season. But I think it changes the pecking order of where you fall in the SEC East and in rankings when it comes to a bowl game. So, you you want to make sure you get the division opponents, which now brings us to the to another game. The one team in the SEC East that Mark Stoops has not beaten in his tenure at Kentucky, I'm not going to rule it out, but I just – I have a feeling it's not happening <laughs> <Huh>. <laughs> here at Georgia. Uh, Kentucky has been competitive with Georgia. They, they compete like last year, even though can, you had no – at no point did you ever feel like Kentucky was going to put it in the end zone. The game was still competitive. But it came it, – so, it feels like so many times it comes down to Georgia having to make a m- mistake themselves to put Kentucky mm-hmm. in a position to win the game. And you just knew that that wasn't going to happen. I think Kentucky – if Kentucky's offense at this point in the season, Will Levis in this passing attack, is, if it proves to be what we're all thinking it might could be, Maybe Kentucky can hang around, but I just think that's a very, very hard thing to do, to do to go on the road after playing those two games and then pull off an upset against Georgia.
1: Yeah, I mean, easily I think the the least likely chance that they have. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised. That the way that Georgia, unless Georgia's, and I know with JT Daniel there, it could be a little bit different just because they, they might truly have a great pass. I mean, and Jake promise was good. Um but I think, you know, JT could be better, I would say. So maybe they're, they are a little bit more pass-heavy this year, although they do have some injuries at wide receivers. Some of their top guys are out. Um, but that kind of run style, it, you know, wears on teams. I think Kentucky, we've seen in the past, ha- has held up pretty well at times against them. Getting back to 2018, they, they let a few big plays get away from them there. And the offense just wasn't doing enough anyway to win that game. That's kind of been the story against Georgia, right? Yeah. 17 points in 2018, zero points in 2019, three points last year. So they've had a really hard time um, because that was – those are the games I think you look at, and it's a big reason why Stoops had to decide to change this offense. Like, that against South Carolina and Missouri, historically in the Stoops era, Vanderbilt, some teams like that, they've been able to line up and, and have success running the ball. Well, When they go up against Georgia – it becomes very evident if you don't have a passing attack, you've got no chance basically against those guys. So I'll be curious if Kentucky has improved its passing offense enough and they can put some points on the board. Like I wouldn't be stunned if this game is, is somewhat tight for some of it. I, but, again, I don't – I mean, i pick in Georgia to win the title. Um, I could see it being a scenario somewhat like 2017. Again, another game from 2017. Like UK was only down by a touchdown in the third quarter of that game before uh, they ended up losing by, thing. think, they, they got run out by the end of it. I'm not sure it'll be that dramatic this year, a uh, 20-something point loss. But I, I do think this will be another double-digit loss, though. But it doesn't mean that the, you can't play well for some of the game. I just I just think Georgia's way too much, probably, for most teams on their schedule this year. You know, Really no shame, I don't think, for UK. But it does – I'm sure Stoops probably beats himself up a little bit that they didn't pick them off in probably 2016. Because th- you could see this – you know, depending on what happens with Kirby, just the monster they've built down there in terms of recruiting, it's hard to kind of pinpoint when UK might have a good chance to beat them again, honestly.
0: Yeah, and that's and that's not saying that Kentucky's not taking strides as a program and moving up. It's just what Georgia's doing in recruiting and then everything that they have tradition and wise. It, it's so hard to get to that level. But Kentucky's certainly going to try, Derek. But I don't think Georgia loses a game in league play. I don't either. I think that they go undefeated. Their schedule's actually not that bad when you look I mean, at
1: it. You know, they got to play Clemson and the non conference, well, but you're right with the conference schedule. It's really not. I mean, they got Auburn and who's the other team from the West?
0: Uh, let me make sure. Let me pull it up here. So they got Auburn and Arkansas back to back weeks. And For
1: Arkansas I drew them two years in a row.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> had to play them last season too. But then, I mean, it's Missouri, like Missouri, you think could be a tough game. That's at home. And then they get Kentucky at home, so you're you're talking those to play
1: Florida on a neutral field. So. Yeah,
0: and then they're at Auburn. I know a lot of people expect Auburn to be at the bottom half of the SEC this season. Uh, so uh, I mean, that game you don't think it's going to be normally the the competition that it has been. So I just think that Georgia is the clear-cut favorite to win the division. Uh, so I, I've got Kentucky now. You've got them with three straight losses after a 4-0 start it's something that could actually happen. They could have we talked about that the the great start, awful middle and a strong finish. So, I've got them let's see here, 5 I and mean, two. I think you're
1: thrilled. Yeah, I think I think you're they're thrilled if they're in the spot that you are that you have at 5 and 2. If you get out of that with just two losses, I mean, you're you still potentially could win 10 games in the regular yeah. season.
0: And here's where it gets tricky for me. So, I'm going to go ahead and reveal my overall record because this is where I I do not know Derek and we're still gonna go game (laughs) by game so when I pick these games it's probably gonna end with Kentucky 10 and 2 but I actually think they're going 9 and 3 does that make sense because I just can't I can't pick out of Mississippi State Tennessee Louisville who I think they're gonna lose and I know people are gonna be like well why do you think they're gonna lose someone because they always do they always lose to someone that when you look back on it everyone's pissed off about it, like, months later because they're like, how did you lose to this team? And yeah. I just think that that's the grind of the SEC. But going to Mississippi State, they've not beaten Mississippi State down there since, what, 2008, I yeah. believe? Yeah. It, it, it's happening this year, though. I, I think that that's, that might be the game that you look at and say, okay, let's, let's do something we've not done in a long time, and that's an opportunity to go do it. It's, it I think that's gonna, that storyline kind of flies under the radar because Kentucky's obviously beaten Mississippi State in recent years, but they've not beaten them in Starkville. And you know Mark Stoops wants to get that out of the way.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I think they win this game. And another big thing, too, um, they have a bye week before this game. A very much-needed bye week will happen. And, you know, you can say that Kentucky's typically not played well off a of bye in the past, but I think this is going to be a year where they're going to be banged up for sure after playing Florida, LSU, and Georgia. Like they're, That's a, it's a well-timed Bye week, And it also gives you another week to prepare for an offense that, you know, basically the only time they're going to see an air raid offense this season is this game. So it gives you another week to, to dive into that. And I think the guys will be confident. Um, do I expect them to force six turnovers again this season like they did last year against Mississippi State? No. But I also think the offense will be much better uh, for Kentucky this year than what it was last season. Um, I mean, the defense really had to kind of bail them out last year because the offense didn't play that great that game. Um, But I'm with you. I'm going to pick a win here, stop the losing streak, pick up a pretty big win. Um, Again, one that probably won't be highly publicized, I would say, in the SEC that week. But one for this program, I think locally, it would be a pretty big storyline to beat those guys on the road for the first time in over a decade.
0: Yeah, it it would be if if they can get that. And I don't have the schedule pulled up in front of me. Is it Vandy next or is it Tennessee next? It's uh, Tennessee and then Vandy. Okay. So Tennessee, then Vandy. Okay. Let's do this. Do you see them losing to Vandy? No way. No, I don't either. So we'll, we'll talk Tennessee and Louisville to close this thing here. Another opponent, they they got it off their back last year. They finally won in Knoxville, absolutely dominated Tennessee and Knoxville that game from the, from the start there, Derek, once Kentucky just continued to get interceptions, uh, after the second one, Jamin Davis returned, I was like, okay, if Kentucky loses this game, it's because they completely fell apart. And they, they didn't, they absolutely kept pedal to the metal and throttled Tennessee. One of our most popular post-game episodes that we've had across football and basketball, do we get the same thing this year? Another popular post-game episode? I don't
1: know if it's going to be a 27-point win again like it was last year.
0: Um, I'll be curious to see how
1: Tennessee is at this point in the season. I mean, this will be pretty deep into the year. You will have a pretty good idea of, of what that offense is capable of, I think. Um, their big thing is, I think, depth. I mean, they're they're, they're not very – they've had so many guys leave with the transfer portal. Um, it's been hard to, to get those numbers up. I think it might be even worse next year. I know they're going to bring a new signing class in, but – I'll phrase it this way, and I'm going to pick Kentucky to win this game. Like, Kentucky needs to win this game. Yeah. They haven't beaten Tennessee back-to-back since the 70s, I believe. This is when I looked at it. Out. I think it was 76-77 was the last time they beat Tennessee back-to-back. Um, I'm not crazy optimistic that Josh Heupel is, like, going to be a great coach for Tennessee. So, I'm not saying that, like, you better get them this year because, you know, after this year they're going to be really good. Like, I don't feel that way. I think they're going to have a pretty good chance to beat Tennessee often moving forward as long as Stoops is here. Um, this is a game, especially if you have my scenario, where you lose three straight earlier in the year. Like, you you can't really afford to – basically, if you lose this game, any thoughts of, like, a special season go out the window. Like, I think it's still a highlight any year you beat Tennessee. It is. For Kentucky. And I think um, at home in November, you know, you might be out of the SEC East race at this point. Probably would be for sure in my scenario. But still a chance to – finish strong and I, I just think you have to beat tennessee at home this year and I, and I do think they will so i'm gonna pick a win there as well
0: yeah i've i've got a win as well but and once we wrap up i'll i'll explain my whole thing of why my record is going to be what it is <laughs> and everything so we've we've got kentucky beating vandy we've got kentucky beating new mexico state as well so that ends the season with a road trip to louisville a rivalry game Eric, where anything can happen we, we've seen it in this series before. We've seen it in multiple series across the country. Anything can happen in that final week of the season. But I just think that there's so much that Kentucky takes pride in right now in football and just absolutely just beating down Louisville. I don't think Louisville's there yet when it comes to, to beating Kentucky. When, from what we saw on the field two years ago, we both I, – I remember saying that night, it, it's going to be a while. To me, before Louisville, and I, I don't think it would have been close last year. I, I think that Kentucky wins this game by ten to seventeen.
1: Yeah, I said this in an earlier episode. I can't remember why we were talking about Louisville, but um, I felt like last year the preseason praise for them was way too high. Um, and then this year, I feel like maybe people—I wouldn't say sleeping on them because I don't think they're like going to be a, a great team. So I don't—I don't know how much respect a team like that deserves. We have that conversation with U.K. too. Like, are they being slept on? It's like, well, if they're only going to win seven games, I don't know how much it's really worth talking about them being slept on. Louisville did have a terrible plus-minus turnover. They were one of the worst teams in the country in the turnover margin last year. They lost a lot of close games. My thing still, and this is part of the reason why I picked LSU, it's part of the reason I picked Florida, like it just comes down to talent. I just think Kentucky's roster is much better than Louisville's roster. You know, they have Cunningham as quarterback. They have a couple of decent running backs. Their wide receiver situation, I mean, I, I think they're sort of similar to UK where people are optimistic about what they could be, but, you know, really no proven guys. And it seems to me, and I, perhaps by this point in the season, it'll prove to be true. I think almost wildly optimistic, though, for Louisville on the defensive side of the ball. There seems to be – Some thought that they, I think their defensive coordinator in one story said, you know, they're hoping to be a top twenty-five unit, which would stun me if they're that good. I could see them top fifty-ish, especially with their schedule that they play. Um, I think I'm with you. I could see ten to seventeen-point win for Kentucky, and I think um, one element too, though. uh, I I think I think Scott Satterfield got a. I don't know how much he felt this way because he's done some other things at Louisville that kind of made me scratch my head, like flirting with with jobs after having a bad season yeah. um, but I think he got maybe felt a little small time in 2019 whenever he went up to Stoops complaining about the L's down thing and Stoops just kind of patted him on his shoulder you know I mean <laughs> I think I think that was a thing that you know I bet he I bet he is more geared up this time around and I think he's on a I think they're gonna realize, especially if they've had a pretty good season. You could see this Sean being a game where both these teams have ever on seven wins, you could. seven That's or eight it. wins coming into this game. So I think it'll be a big game. It'll be a really hyped up game, but ultimately, um, if Kentucky's healthy, I, I just think they can line up, run the ball. I, I like UK to yeah. beat them again this year.
0: So you you have Kentucky going nine and three then, right? Yep. And I've I've got them ten and two, and and here's I've got them ten and two because I I just don't. And it could happen. It honestly could happen. I really think if they could get one of those two between Florida and LSU, I I do think 10-2 and is doable. But here's my thought process on it, Derek. And I'm I'm throwing in the Missouri game. Missouri, South Carolina, Tennessee, you throw those games in there, Mississippi State, and just look at them. And history tells us Kentucky's probably going to lose one. Yeah. And that's why even though that I picked 10-2, and I think Kentucky's better than 10 of those teams. I kind of still think that nine and three is where they'd fall. So, well, yeah. and, and that's not bad. Like, if, if they fall, if we're talking 10 and two with wiggle room to go to nine and three, if they let a game slip away, as long as they take care of business in 95% of these games. Well, I guess picking them to go nine and three is different than what I had
1: them at as an say, an eight and four the whole time. Uh, I don't know what See, that's what's <laughs> getting me. Like, I, yeah, I, I do I, think they're going to win those last five. I could, I mean, I think the one against. Well, let me say this: I think they're going to win the last four. Uh, Starkville is still. I mean, they just play so bad. But I, I, I guess I will say I just picked the best case scenario. Then I, I don't see them winning more than nine. And if they did get to nine, it's a it's a great year. I mean, I think one element of the schedule Sean's if they lose to if they lose any if they lose to either Missouri or South Carolina.
0: Yeah,
1: you got to find a way to make that game up somewhere well, else and. Yeah.
0: If they lose to Missouri in week two, then not only do I push it to nine and three, I think eight and four i think you've i think you've brought eight and four into the picture because then you have to beat Florida or l s u in my opinion to get there, yeah,
1: and the thing is too i mean you you could be sitting with a losing record going into the bye week if you i mean that's a you're right you, you mentioned that at the start of the show that missouri game is is huge it's i mean huge. You, you don't want to lose that one. To, you don't want to have those scenarios kind of pop into your head. Well, so
0: if they go four and zero to start, then you can start dreaming of what could be. And that game against Florida is going to be one of those games, Derek. Where us, if, us as people who cover the program and people that grew up watching this team, you could probably count on both hands the number of games where you've walked into Kroger Field and been like, "Wow, this," you know, like a few years ago when they played Georgia and let it slip away or when they played Georgia for the sec East and and those, those magnitude of games, you don't, you haven't felt that many times walking into that stadium. If they're four and Oh, after the first four and you're playing Florida, you could really feel it walking in there that day. Like, wow, if if they can, if you can do it today, you got a chance to get the 10 regular season wins, man, you're not
1: kidding. I was just looking I was trying to figure out how Georgia and Kentucky what their records might be. Yes. We mentioned that Georgia has to play Clemson, but, In the grand scheme of things, no matter who loses that game, if you go out and win the rest of your games, you're still going to get in the playoffs. So um, I don't know the last time. I would have to go look at a Georgia schedule. When do you think the last time was that they played one ranked team in the SEC? They play one ranked team preseason. That's, That's incredible. Florida is the only team they play in the preseason that is ranked in the AP Top 25. That's insane.
0: I mean, Kentucky's playing
1: three teams, and it well, feels kind of light,
0: doesn't it? <laughs> it does feel light, and you know, for yeah. Georgia's for Georgia's case, Auburn's usually one of those ranked teams. So you and they always play them every year. Uh, yeah. Tennessee has been ranked quite a few times as well when those two teams have played. But Georgia, just looking at their schedule, but then you go back to Derek. So my first year on the beat was 2017, and we talk about 2018 a lot because Kentucky and Georgia played for the division that year at Kroger Field. Had Kentucky not let that game against Ole Miss slip away, Kentucky and Georgia would have been playing for the division in 2017 as well on that yeah. day. So, Kentucky's been right there, but that's where if they can just take care of business, Derek, against the teams that they're better than and not have one of those slip-ups. But it's the SEC, and it's so hard to do. But, man, it's going to be fun. I'm I'm excited about it. Uh, here we are, less than two weeks. It, it's time to talk football, and it's, it's finally okay. here. Regardless of what happens 10 and 3, 9 and 3, I think we can both agree, Derek, that this we expect this team to be exciting to watch. We expect them to be entertaining and we expect them to be good and competitive. I think it back to nine wins. If you go nine,
1: if you go nine and three two, twice in four years at UK, I mean, Stoops, will, I mean, it's just a phenomenal job. And uh, to me, and I'll probably say this again, some other episodes like, take care of business against the teams that you should be. And I I label those as any team that you're equally as good as or better than. And I think Missouri, South Carolina, Tennessee, Mississippi State, Vanderbilt, all those teams we talked about are right there. Where it gets special is if you can find a way to beat Florida, LSU. I don't think it'll be Georgia. But, you know, they're not played yet. Theoretically, it could still happen. So, if you pick off one of those three games to start October – yeah. I just imagine the buzz around UK's program will be significant
0: yep I, I agree 100% uh, it's, it's going to be a fun time for sure Kentucky football is here Eric hopefully uh, like you said it's not 100 degrees on <laughs> on opening Saturday but Kentucky plays Louisiana in Monroe College football is actually coming this weekend though so you get a get a taste of it and then that first full week, the next week, we'll be right here on Kentucky Daily. So what I want you all to do as our listeners, once again, thank you all so much for the reviews. We're up to 104 now on Apple Podcasts, Eric, and they're, they're all great, which is what we want. And hopefully those will continue to climb. But what we want now, send us your predictions. Tweet them at us, uh, DM us something, and then we'll, uh, we'll do a mailbag episode later this week as well, basketball and football. Uh, Looking forward to a great week here and a great season. He's Derek Terry. I'm Sean Smith. You've been listening to Kentucky Daily.